0: Hey there, I'm Kevin Daisy and I'm Eric Olson. You're listening to the Managing Partners Podcast, where we interview top lawyers about how they're growing their firms. Hello there, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Managing Partners Podcast. This is Kevin and I am your host today, changing it up. Like always, I'm always changing it up. And today I have a gentleman on, Sasha, who actually runs a firm just like mine. We both help law firms and our clients grow their business online. And we're here today to to talk about the the good, the bad, the ugly, the things that we see, the challenges that we see attorneys having uh, when we're working with our clients or talking to prospects. And so we want to have an open conversation about those things. And for you attorneys listening, the things that you can avoid and hopefully not make those mistakes. So if you're working with a different firm, a marketing firm like us, or if you're just starting out, things that you need to keep in mind and to avoid, and hopefully you'll have a better experience, have a better marketing plan for your firm and and drive more more clients. So Sasha,
1: welcome to the show. Kevin, it's great to be here. I got to say, just like you, I do not usually common on podcasts of other marketing firm owners. (laughs) So it is an unusual experience for both of us. And I think this specific podcast is going to be incredibly valuable for folks who are listening, who either have another marketing firm working for them or who are thinking about hiring a marketing firm. Because I think when you get into a sales situation or buying situation, right? Usually we marketers or any other service provider would put our best foot forward. This yeah, is the sure. opportunity to hear, like you said, the good, the bad, and the ugly from both sides, from client side, from law firm owners, and from our side. We can talk talk about things that do work and things that do not work, some failure points, which God knows in professional services, whether it's law or marketing or medicine, there are so many.
0: Absolutely no i totally agree so i'm excited to have you on i think most would say hey that's a competitor of mine i'm not even entertaining that that's yeah. ridiculous that's definitely not us it's not me there's plenty of work out there there's plenty of clients to help and and here's the, the reality is every law firm is not a fit for ray digital and every law firm is not a fit for grow law firm and if you're watching you want to check out uh, sasha's company it's uh, growlawfirm.com super easy to remember if you're listening in your car, growlawfirm.com, uh, but check out him and his firm. So yeah, not everyone's a fit for us. I, I can refer them to you or vice versa. Or vice versa. Um, and also we'll talk about some of the, the good, the bad and the ugly and, and where maybe a client starts with us as the right fit. And for some reason, there's not a fit. There could be some change. It's going to happen. You know, you're not going to sign up with the marketing firm and stay with them for 30 years. It's just not, you know, it's not usually going to happen like that. So we understand that we realize that the best thing we can do is enter in the relationship as best as we can, understanding if they're a fit and we're a fit and, and do our best to get the results that they're looking for and, and hope to get. So I'm excited to talk about those things today.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about the good. You start firm, with the good. All right. Array Digital, my firm, Grow Law Firm, we're experts in search marketing, meaning all things, Google and Bing. We're experts at that. The good thing is when most prospective clients are looking for an attorney, where do they go? They go there. 100%,
0: But 90% of, or more. If they don't have a referral, we'll go straight there.
1: You know, There was a study, I think back in 2019 by Clio, and they said that majority of people who get a referral will also go to Google and look up whoever was referred to them and also look for other options. I
0: mean, I believe it. And here's the thing: um, say you pass a billboard or you see a TV commercial, other marketing methods, and you're like, "Oh, that one firm." You still go to Google to find them because for one, you're like, "Well, I don't know the number. I don't know where they're at. I've heard about them, so I Google anyway." And then I'm presented with more other options, and those other options might catch my eye, and I see they have more reviews and. I see that their website's more polished and there's a video of the attorney, I connect with them. And now that referral or that mentioned firm could go by the wayside. I've been exposed to someone who has presented themselves
1: in a better way. That is so true. And for you to capture those referrals or for you to capture those people who might've been referred to somebody else, you have to show up. And fortunately (laughs) Google gives you plenty of opportunities, but the truth of the matter is when you look at like any geographical market, In any practice area, there are always a handful of law firms that do exceptionally well on search, and everybody else is kind of left to pick up whatever crumbs are left on the table after those few. And by the way, those few do not have to be really big. They do not have to be Morgan on Morgan. They just have to be savvy enough to have the right marketers who are putting them on the map, pun intended.
0: 100%. And one of the things I do see, I think attorneys can get discouraged too, like, hey, there's these top ones that are already there. I, I probably can't come in and, and displace them, so I'm going to try something else. And they just feel like maybe it's too much of a battle and, and you know they just can't get there. Um, and, and sometimes, just because people are at the top in some markets I've seen, depends on what your privacy area is, they shouldn't even be there. But because they have something and they've done it better than others, maybe not even by design, sometimes they've just been around a long time and if you start to dig in you say hey we can easily you know outrank them because look at all these holes and problems and things that i see so that's the opportunity for the client to say hey it's not always going to be impossible to do that right so you got to look at really how they're there why they're there and again if they're not up on top of things they could be displaced very easily so it, don't get discouraged look that's the space you want to be in how can you be there? There's multiple ways, right? Sasha just said, there's multiple areas you can get into. But if you're not playing the game, you're not even showing up there at all, then you're missing out on on basically that whole opportunity.
1: So oh, true. And statistically, I always think about it this way. There is no solid data specifically for law firms. But if you look at the whole gamut of businesses that fit under professional services, which lawyers do, a typical annual growth rate is 4.3%. That is very typical. That is not in adjusted for inflation. So, when your typical inflation, <laughs> we're not talking about the last few years, we're recording this in 2023. But when yes. you look at your typical inflation of 2 to 3%, growing at the pace of 4.3%, you're treading water. Oh, yeah. You're not, you're
0: not growing. You can put your like, money into a savings account in the bank that's
1: 0.01%. That's about right. It's not real growth. One and a half percent, two percent annual growth is not real growth. I had an amazing guy on my podcast a few weeks back, Lewis Scott. If you haven't had him on your podcast, highly recommend it. I had
0: Lewis on my podcast about two and a half years ago. Amazing guy. Uh, Awesome. Dialed in, crushing it. Super Um, dialed in.
1: Super dialed in. He knows his
0: marketing. He knows what you know inside mm -hmm. and
1: out. So when, when you interviewed him, his revenue probably was 10, 12 million, somewhere there. When I interviewed him, and this is, again, maybe four six weeks ago, his revenue was $40 million. He's 41. There aren't many law firm owners who are crushing it like Louis Scott does at his age. We're not yeah. talking about 4.3% growth. We're talking about more than 43% growth year over year. It's triple digits. Yeah. How does he do it? He's a smart guy. By the way, I highly recommend his book, which I'm reading right now, The King of Growth. He's allocating a lot of his revenue toward marketing imagine that a lot of it but not most of it a lot of it goes towards search marketing and he is also running a consulting group called eight-figure law firm
0: yes and
1: he teaches his consulting clients who are law firm owners who are looking to grow at a fast pace is that you have to reinvest be ready for your mind to be blown 25 percent of your revenue into growth and I said, that's very refreshing to hear because most people cannot fathom to invest this much into growth. And he said, well, that's why most people don't really grow.
0: Yeah, they want, they want to do maybe 5% of the most and they're like, you know, balking at that. So,
1: and, <laughs> and most people stay really small and there's such a danger in staying small, which is if you are staying small, And I think about this scenario all the time because Grow a Law Firm is my fourth business. I have built and sold businesses before. Think about it this way. If you run a typical small law firm, it's between $250,000 to $500,000 in annual revenue. When you're ready to retire by default or by design, is there something for someone to buy? Like, does your business have any value? You are the only value, and they can't buy you. So, right. You and maybe your peer legal, and your desk, and your computer, and your bookcase, and it's worth practically nothing so you may be settling for getting a which we should really call it what it is a referral fee from anybody who you're going to attract once you retire for the next 12 24 36 months you're going to get percentage of it and then it's done now most people when they're to retire to retire they retire by default it's time and then they find out that their business has no value or it's a health crisis like god forbid the Being a lawyer, for most lawyers, is a high-stress job. Just this. A heart attack puts an end to the opportunity to work in a high-stress environment because the second one will probably do you in. Or sometimes it's a family member health crisis where one of my colleagues, her parents are amazing people. When they were having baby number seven, it's 26 years ago. This baby was about to be born with a heart defect that would kill her picked everyone up and moved from Arizona to California. Now they had a location-based business. When they moved from Arizona to California, their earnings stopped. Mm. They had to rebuild. The baby recently turned 26 years old. So they saved the baby, but the business died and they couldn't sell. So I always think about like, when you are building that law firm, whether you're just an owner or whether you are an empire builder, you always have to think about like, am I? having a job here, or am I building a business that's actually going to have value? And I think that's probably a great segue for us to talk about what works and what doesn't work. So I wonder if you could just share your experience with your clients and just talk about like what works and what doesn't work. Hey there,
0: this is Kevin Daisy, your host and founder of Array Digital. If you're tired of wasting money with agencies that just can't get it done then please check out my law firm digital marketing agency at arraydigital.com. If you contact us there, you'll be sure to line up a meeting with me where we'll walk through your exact situation and come up with a plan for what you can do to improve your marketing results. I look forward to talking to you. Now back to the show. Well, sure. So I think it starts with the, the biggest one of the things I see that doesn't work it, attorneys listen, right? So if you're doing your marketing, you care about it, you're, you know, you have some things going on and you're think about when you come into working with, with uh, one of us or anyone out there like us, you got to change your kind of thought and mindset, because I have a lot of prospects come to me that sometimes it'd be like, I need this. I want this. Give me a price. You're a vendor. And I don't want, you know, any, I don't want to go through a process or nothing like that. So for one, I'm not signing that client and they're not a fit for us at all, but the thing is, what I see that doesn't work is there's no strategy. There's no planning. There's no due diligence. How, yeah, well, like you said, why do you need a new website? Well, because uh, someone said I did. Okay. What are we trying to solve here? What's the problem? And you've got to work through it and you've got to spend time. And so for one, if you're an attorney that wants to not spend time with someone to figure this out, then you're not going to get the results. Now, there's plenty of firms or people like me that would just sign you a package deal right now and say, all right, we're going to do this and and go rolling. But your business, your law firm is individually unique, no matter what. So you can be in a different town, city, practice area. You might want a different kind of clientele based on what you prefer to do. There's all kinds of nuances. So me or Sasha have to understand your business inside and out. What's your numbers? What's your growth rate? What's your close rate? What's your average case worth? So we have to abstract a ton of information so that we can start to even figure out what's going to work for you and lay out that plan and roadmap to get you there. And if you're not willing to invest the time and energy that goes into that, you're not going to have success. You're just going to do all this ad hoc, do this, do that. I tried LinkedIn. I tried TikTok. I tried all these things, and you're left going, man, nothing works. So you know what? I'm going to stop it all, and I'm just going to do referrals because that's that's something I can rely on. So I think that's one of the, the biggest problems I see that firms do. They jump around, around, around. I, I can see why they're frustrated. But either A, they haven't met the right person or they're just not they're not willing to to give it the time it deserves.
1: I, I agree wholeheartedly. But I think like the root cause of the problem is that there's that beat up phrase, they didn't teach you this in law school. It said that it, a lot on this podcast. They're not supposed to teach you that in law school. Law school is for you to become a lawyer, not a business owner. But the truth of the matter is that the vast majority of lawyers actually do become business owners without having business training. And thus, many lawyers, not everyone, but many lawyers who I meet, there is no business acumen. Legal acumen is up here. Business acumen is down here. And because of that mismatch, I'm a business owner. I have great business legal acumen, but no great business acumen. The business side is struggling. You can be an excellent lawyer, an excellent lawyer who owns and operates a law firm and have terrible results. And that's why I always tell them like the greatest differentiators between very successful lawyers who I get to speak to, and I get to talk to, I'm sure, just as you do.
0: Absolutely. That's At least amazing. two, three hundred
1: lawyers every year. Like those who do incredibly well are usually the ones that have substantially higher business acumen. They have a marketing and intake engine, Mm -hmm. and they usually surround themselves with smart people who know what to do, how to do it, when to do it, do it without you telling them to do so. Those three are the great differentiators of like really successful lawyers. And by the way, some of them get there by accident. That is absolutely true. (laughs) It can happen, but you can also win lottery. Let me give you an example. This guy I interviewed on my podcast a few weeks ago. I'm going to not name his name because he's going to beca- his website is going to become an easy target. He does not do digital marketing. He is getting tremendous amount of business without doing digital marketing. I'm like, how'd you do it? And he's like, well, for the first seven years of my business, I spent 35 hours per week networking. Once you have time to do legal work. And he's like, I hired my first associate as fast as I could, week number seven. he he's wow. like, I knew that I will make infinitely more mark- money by focusing on bringing in the business rather than working working in the business. So for seven years, he's doing networking like a madman. He gets really good at it, despite the fact that he's naturally an introvert like most lawyers. And then COVID happens. And he's like, oh shit, no more networking. But what he also did by accident, he wasn't thinking it through. From the very beginning, he hired law clerks to write blog posts for him. Zero content strategy, zero SEO strategy, like none, none whatsoever. But he is just like, I'm hiring people who are still in law school or who might be just done with law school, but they haven't passed their bar yet. And I just have them write post after post after post after post. And he started about 2013. So he said, by the time COVID rolled around, I had about 4,000 pieces of content on my website And he has one practice area, which is business law. So what happened was he said, it's like one channel turned off and the other channel turned on. Because he's like, no one in my space produced as much content as I have. So all of a sudden they started ranking like crazy and they started getting a lot of business research. But that's like winning a lottery. Like you didn't think about it. You just kind of sort of did it because you thought it was a good idea with zero strategy planning or goals. And it took seven years together. And then I just asked him, how would it be if you actually had a strategy and had someone work on it? How much faster do you think you would have gotten there? And he was like... Uh, I mean,
0: it the thing is, it could have
1: not worked at all, right? It could have not worked at all, but, but he started at the, at the right time. So it's still early as far as the CEO is concerned. And then his yeah. practice area, a lot of his competition is just... So he has 4,000 posts and his competitors may have five.
0: Oh, yeah. Business law is low hanging fruit in the SEO game because business attorneys, if you're listening, you think 100% is all referral and marketing is like a wrong, bad thing to do and that the attorneys are going to bring in the work. I I hear that from every single one, not every one of them, but most of them. And so when I do look at SEO or search for any business law, it's like it's a it's a land grab basically. So I can see where that, that worked very well for him without yeah. even having the best content, probably, right? Just just putting content up.
1: Absolutely. By the way, he is getting 50 to 60 inquiries from business owners per week.
0: There you go. Business attorney is listening. It can work for you. Search for sure.
1: But, but you cannot do it the same way as he did it 10 years ago. Because today, if you just produce 4,000 pieces of content and throw them on the website without actually having an SEO strategy behind it, not a chance.
0: Not a chance. And then uh, there's so many things with Google that you have to understand, and what kind of content, how to write it, how you know the length of the content. Uh, There's just a lot more to it for sure. But uh, there's a there's a book um, I actually I know the uh, the guy wrote it. It's Marcus Sheraton. They ask you answer.
1: Terrific book, love it. Terrific
0: book. He actually lives here in Virginia by me. But that was kind of that's exactly what that attorney did. Really, is he he had his clerks. Answering questions probably that come up on a daily basis and you answer it. And that was the whole basis. That's the whole basis of SEO really. I mean, but again, there's, there's a lot more that goes into it, especially in a competitive landscape, you know, just having a clerk or someone write it, write a piece for you. It's not going to do what
1: you need it to do, but but that's an interesting story. Good on him. (laughs) Absolutely. He is just making the bank every single quarter and he is like, just luck. No more networking. I mean, he, I'm sure he does some now, but he doesn't practice law anymore at all. And by the way, this is another common characteristic that they see across incredibly successful lawyers. Sure. They don't practice law. They so
0: I think one of the things you said, too, is you went to law school, you're a lawyer. You, you, know, that's, <clears throat> you put that up here and, and businesses is like, yeah, that's, that's lower level. It's not as important. I got to be a good lawyer and, and get better at that. Yeah, the most successful clients I have and the most successful lawyers I've met with or talked to, they know they have to work on the business and constantly learn. They're not, they don't know it all. And that's, and the ones that come to me and say, hey, Kevin, I run my firm like a, like a like a tech startup. You know, I treat it as if it's any other company. It's, I got a CEO, I got a COO, I got a CFO, intake system, marketing machine. It's not, a, you don't think of it as a law firm it's just a business just like mine or just like Sasha's the service. You just happen to be a lawyer and you're mm-hmm. serving people with that, but take that out of the picture and say, okay, if I was going to start a new business running anything else, how would I do it? How do I learn to do it? And you need to apply that to your law firm. A hundred percent. Lewis Scott would tell you a hundred percent that I've had a lot of others that are very successful. They're going to tell you exactly the same thing. So if you just got to put that aside and then if you're just the lawyer all the time and you're not hiring and and bringing people up then you're going to be always having to bill hours
1: yeah there's a very natural income ceiling there so there are studies you can look at them and it's like bls puts out data every year i don't remember 2022 data but their 2021 data is really stuck in my head a median income for an attorney in 2021 was one hundred twenty-seven thousand nine hundred ninety dollars which where you live in Virginia Beach not a whole lot not a whole lot I wouldn't be very
0: happy Miami <laughs> I would be very happy if I made that now and what I do but
1: Miami attorney, Miami New come. York Chicago LA Portland all of those cities 128 doesn't get you very far no top top 10 percent, 209 that's the entry point for top 10 percent there have been less reliable statistics that indicate that top income earners who practice law make about 450. That's kind of like the glass ceiling because there are just not enough billable hours in a year to go in excess of that. Now, there are some guys and gals who will do like very high profile cases or very high value cases rather. And occasionally they will bring in more. I have clients like that. I'm sure you do too. But those that's again big
0: case, big value. Big
1: cases. They don't come in every month. They don't come in every year. Some of those cases do not come in every year right it's not month or quarter it's just they don't just don't they happen once in a while so to considerably grow over time like you have to get out of the business of practicing law which which sounds so counterintuitive like i went to law school to become a lawyer got it but you also went to law school to become a successful lawyer and depending on like how you define your success and by the way somebody making 200 grand can be exceptionally happy in their law practice i have clients like that our corporate lawyer was also a client and when we talked about a year ago he was our client at that point for like a year and a half two years i was like andrew here's what we can do more you're going to make a lot more and he was like dude sasha you probably (laughs) think that i'm insane but i'm good i'm exactly where i always wanted to be and he's been practicing law for second decade now he is like i'm making plenty of money and i'm just happy with what i got and i want to stay where i am because that's like my zen point So keep me here. Don't let it drop. I'm good with what's coming in. And I'm like, God bless you. I wish I ever get that point of contentment where I'm just like, I don't need to grow anymore. I'm perfectly good here. But I think there is, and there's definitely a high percentage of attorneys who like they want to get to that point and they're just going to be like, and that applies not just to attorneys, to every single business owner or every single industry for business owners. But then there is a percentage of us who are like, growth is the way of life. That's so it. I will always continue to grow, right? So like referring back to Louis Scott, right? Like that guy is not stopping. He stopped practicing law. It's very interesting how every every industry, including law firm owners, it's kind of like a pyramid, right? And the higher up you go in income level, the more focused they are on making more and giving more because that's that's a big common trait that's shared by top income earners. They're usually big givers right so and the
0: thing is everyone as your team's growing i think you know a big thing for us here is if we're not growing then my top people on my team can't become managers they can't become leaders they can't make more money and so you, if we don't if we stop growing then we we constantly are letting people down and we're not providing them with more opportunity so as a law firm right your whole team and other attorneys associates all the way down to admin staff need to see that hey we're going places we're growing there's more opportunity for me here and you're going to have retention better culture all of that because they know that you're committed to allowing them to to grow um and if you're just stagnant that's not going to happen
1: <laughs> it's just 100 no and there are so many opportunities for growth on search again and i only focus on search because that's what we're expertly and so it it's possible to get more business on social most lawyers i get to speak with haven't done really well on social but it doesn't mean that it's impossible i just want to focus on search because there are so many opportunities there and most law firms are not taking them and i don't know what your experience is but in my experience one of the greatest obstacles to growing faster to getting more business on search is usually improper budgeting. Just share like anecdotal evidence. A couple of days ago, met yeah. with a legal administrator of a 40-year-old law firm. They do PI. They'll remain nameless. And she came to us because we need a new website. Why do you need a new website? <laughs> Ours is really outdated. Okay, got it. Well, let's say that you have a new website and it delivers the same number of new clients. And are you happy? And she's like, Come to think of it now, we are looking to grow. I'm like, terrific. How much are you looking to grow by? And she's like, well, we did 4 million last year. We're looking to bump it up to 6 million in 2024. Excellent. How do you That's plan to do it? And sure. She's like, well, we're thinking about two things. Thing number one is we're going to teach our attorneys to do better. So average case value is going to go up. And I'm like, how much of that growth? So, 4 million is your current revenue. You want to get to 6 million. I'm like, how much of that additional 2 million is going to be attributed to your attorneys doing better? She's like, 60%. I'm like, cool. So, 1.2 million, big target, but okay. (laughs) I I can't claim whether this is doable or not because I'm not a lawyer. So, I don't know. I'm like, so the other 800,000, she's like, the other 800,000 should come from a better website. I'm like, got it. Well, better website will not do it on its own. So you're going to need marketing. She's like, that makes sense. I'm like, all right, cool. So you're looking to grow from the new website and marketing by $800,000. So she she's like, yes, that would be great. I'm like, cool. What is your budget for adding this additional $800,000 in revenue? I haven't thought about it. I never have. <laughs> so yeah, most it, it's very easy. And this again speaks, and I feel a lot of empathy to law firm owners because again, this is something that you weren't taught in law school. Yeah, but if they're you not think familiar. about it, this way so you have a car and you're like i'm gonna go from chicago where i am to la right from four million to six million you have to put enough fuel into it and if you don't you're going to get to nebraska you're not going to make it to la and when, when i talk about like how to budget for growth most lawyers look at me and they're just like never thought about it that way nobody ever talked to me about it and i'm like yeah it's you just budget a percentage of your future revenue toward this growth. And it cannot be too low of an amount. So if you're planning to grow $200,000, like it's not going to be 10%, right? Because for 10%, nobody's going to work on it. You need to have very qualified people working on your market. But if you're going to grow 800,000, and I always tell them, John Morgan of Morgan & Morgan is incredibly public about how much money he's spending on marketing and advertising.
0: Mm-hmm. He's like,
1: we do $1 billion in revenue, and we spend $160 million of that on marketing and advertising. I'm like, a very experienced guy who built the largest PI firm in the world, that's 16%. Depending on where you're located, if you're in PI, it's 15 to 25%. And some of them, will be 25%? Yeah. I'm like, yeah, listen to Louis Scott.
0: Yeah, yeah, 100%. 100% yeah. And most probably aren't spending
1: 3 to 5%. Yeah, you're probably right. I don't know. I don't have that number down, but but from the all the conversations that I had, there are some who don't spend anything, there are who spend probably 3 to 5%, there are those who spend 10-15%, and then there are those 15-20, 25%. But those are usually it's very interesting. By the time they get to those numbers, they've already worked with a number of low-cost marketing companies and figured out that low-cost marketing Fails at an incredibly high rate. I'm like, nothing fails more consistently than cheap marketing.
0: But another, uh, a bad or ugly thing is every once in a while, I run across a client or a firm that's spending a high percentage, which you would expect them to do with no results. And it's when you look at what they're doing, it's like they're spending a lot, but they're not getting anything that they need. So I've seen a lot of that. And, you know, just talking with folks too. So they they feel like they've been wronged and they feel like if I say, oh, that's a really good budget, that's, you know, you're spending a lot, but the results aren't there, right? So now they're discouraged. Now they're, they're assuming it doesn't work because, you know, whatever partner or vendor they had, it was really just taking advantage of them at that point. So I have seen that quite a bit.
1: What are the main three causes from your experience why when law firms put enough money into marketing, they're not getting the results?
0: Well, in some of the cases that I'm talking about where they're, with, they're, they're coming to us or they're, they've been spending, they're with something else is the mix of things that they're doing. And it, it's, it's so diluted. So that budget is diluted across so many things mm-hmm. that don't tie into each other. And there's no, there's no rhyme or reason for it. That marketing agency or whatever sold you know, their packages or whatever, it wasn't uh, built for that customer in that situation. So they have a little bit of here, a little bit of there, and it's just so diluted across the board that nothing's going to perform. So it's almost taking a lot of cheap marketing and adding it all up and it costs a lot of money. That's what I see. One of the big problems, strategy, most of the time, again, Hey, buy our package for 5,000 a month. It includes all these things and no one takes the time to figure out, okay, well, what are you trying to accomplish? What are your goals? What is your revenue today? How is this going to serve your firm? Is it going to? And I think a lot of things, do people just agencies like us, not us, but hopefully uh, sell whatever they have to sell and that's it. So that's two of the main things I see, either spread too thin, so nothing works, or there's no strategy and connection with the firm and its goals. You know, that's probably the biggest thing I see.
1: Makes sense. We're also, and I'm sure you see this as well other problem I see is that often enough, it's too early. Like with SEO, there are many cases when you get a new client coming your, to your marketing company and they're like, I need to get better results. And they haven't done anything in the last five years or seven years or 10 years. So they're not really ranking for anything and they're in the competitive market and their competitors the main, have, have been the main range money. really well yeah their competitors have been spending money for the last 5 10 15 20 years and they're like need results a year later they're looking at the situation they're like we barely moved the needle we barely started getting leads and i'm like usually the it, the problem is really in the lack of understanding not just how long it takes but in the lack of understanding of the actual numbers right so in business there are key performance indicators which is what everyone wants. And most law firm owners, because they're not sophisticated business leaders, they think about it like just new cases, right? That's the KPI. Yeah, all
0: like, the KPIs are out the window. It's, did I get a new case or not? Did I get a and new I liked, case? I even like the case, the quality of the case too.
1: Right, and I always draw an analogy, like, like if they come to us and I'm looking like they, that whoever's working for them today is making has made solid progress over the course of a year, but they're just not getting what they want. And I'm like, if you quit now, Whoever's working for you now, it's going to be akin to going to law school for a year and saying, "Like, I've been here for a year, haven't gotten a single case."
0: I see this often, so I'm glad you brought that up. That happens, and, and that brings you know brings to one of uh, the issues that you know I've experienced, or as as a marketing firm in the past, where I've had a you know a client leave us, or they you know whatever reason, where we we fall short sometimes which I do a, a lot to remediate mm-hmm. is expectations. Like, so when you're talking to a marketing firm or me or Sasha clearly understanding the expectations and in what he was saying, we, sh- we need to be transparent with you on your current situation versus your goals and making sure that there's transparency there to say, Hey, you are here and these competitors that you want to compete with another they're in a different place than you are. And so, While this can work for you, let's talk about the reality of how long it's going to take, you know, and and what the expectations are. And are you committed to this, this strategy we're developing? That's not 12 months long. It's 18, two, three, four, five years. So it's really understanding that. And you can't skip over that. Even if you have a client that's like, oh, I want to sign today. You got to stop and go, wait a minute. Let me make sure we walk through this together. I don't want you to be upset. I don't want your money unless you're going to go down this journey in this path and we will we'll take you there, but let's talk about that. And and maybe that's not the right fit for them at the time. Maybe you have to, to, to approach it differently. Maybe SEO is something that we have to sidebar because of their budget or maybe a LSA and, and Google ads to get, get some things happening for them. So you got to be careful with the expectation setting and and be very transparent with them
1: for sure yeah 100 percent. but in in the world where instant gratification is just such a big thing I think for a lot of people it's just hard to accept the reality that I am 10 years behind this is not going to take a month or a quarter or two I always tell them like look look you're probably going to start seeing traction in two three four and sometimes depending on the institution I can say five to six quarters especially with those who are newer Newer in the business and their website hasn't done anything since they launched. And I'm like, this is going to take quarters. And everyone's like, quarters? Well, yes, your competitors have been around for the last 20 years. They've had the same domain for the last 20 years. They went through seven, eight, ten different websites. And they've had five different marketing companies work for them. And they spend millions of dollars on advertising. You're a little bit behind. Yeah, they have 100,
0: 200 five-star reviews. Right. Multiple office locations with Google profiles.
1: Right. But guess you go, where you're going to be if you don't start today, a year from now, exactly where you are today. So the sooner this, you start, it's kind of like focusing on your health. Right, the sooner you start, the higher the probability that you're going to live a longer, healthier and happier life. And the opposite is also true. Delayed by a year. Don't start eating right. Don't start exercising. Delayed by a year, you will only, everybody understands what happens. So
0: well, if you want abs, they're not going to happen every night.
1: No, for most of us. So I think
0: that's a a really, that's a challenging part is having those conversations. I think, you know, and a lot of attorneys, if you're listening to, again, I go back to, I have sometimes attorneys reach out to me, they're dry, they try to drive the conversation and say, this is what I want. Um, And it's usually paper click or something that's instant gratification. Sometimes I can say, hey, let's go through this and, and take our time and see what you really need. I appreciate, you know, what you want. Maybe that is the right fit, but let's investigate this together. And hopefully at the end of the day, I say, Hey, you know what, that you came in with the right mindset. You're hundred percent right. But a lot of times too, I'll have ones that are, they're so bullheaded. They're like, Nope, it's this or nothing. And I don't want to talk about any of this other stuff. And they're not a fit for us if they do that, but that's okay. They're going to go to the next person. That's going to say, okay, sure. And they're going to sign them and they're going to be pissed off in six months. (laughs) And then they're going to go to someone else again and they're going to flip flop all around. So it's just, that's one of the biggest problems I see. Um, and then yeah. they're busy lowering, right? Being a lawyer to deal with it. And so they, they just flip and flop every once in a while. They go back to work and, and, and they just take their eye off of it. And there's no strategy. There's no planning. Um, if they were focused on the business more, they would have eyes on this stuff and start to say, hey, uh, marketing company, why are these numbers not here? Why am I not seeing this? Where's my KPIs? So you need to have that or some marketing person internally, someone that can be a liaison to someone like us and and keep track on those things. We should be moving you in the right direction, so.
1: Yeah, tracking is such an important part because I think it was Peter Drucker who said it so well, whatever you can measure, you can manage i'm paraphrasing slightly but <laughs> but again you have to invest that time into actually measuring and managing that's why you mentioned having a marketing person in the law firm who would be a liaison yeah having the right lieutenant in the right place who is holding everyone transparent and accountable is incredibly valuable for your law firm.
0: yeah and if you're a managing partner trying to grow your firm you you shouldn't be wearing that hat at some point you know you got to it really. Should. Get someone, and, and the thing is, I love it when um I'll get referred sometime, like, hey, I'm gonna refer you to the, to our marketing person. After, and the and they're always like, but I gotta be careful because they're always worried about their job and and whatever. Like, oh, hey, listen, we love marketing people inside our firms because yeah. we're not there. We can't do a lot of the things that they do. We don't take pictures to do social media and all these other things. Like, you need someone that we can rely on, and we want to help them, right? And. We don't, we're not a threat to them. We bring expertise that they shouldn't have as a marketing person. Your marketing us. Another good thing. Your marketing person in your firm is not a social media expert, an SEO expert, a web designer, a developer, a print marketing specialist, arranging events and networking groups, they can't do all those things well. And you know, so that's just something that I feel like, oh, well, I'm going to just hire a, a person out of school and they're now our marketing and that's that's
1: all happens happens all the time and another thing that we find with with marketing managers at law firms many times they're not empowered managers as in they're not given the authority to make decisions that would actually benefit the law firm so they have to wait for that weekly or biweekly or once a month meeting with the managing principal or partner so that they could get a yes or a no and by then so much time has already passed and you might be a little bit so delayed with making that, uh, that decision that it may be less relevant, or they may actually forget how important that decision is or something else that gets in the way. And ultimately you're looking at the results on a monthly or quarterly basis as a managing partner and being like, why is yeah. this going the way that we expected?
0: That's something that we we I see a lot of and we deal with quite a bit. And just like a law firm, right? Have, having systems and processes in place, that's hundred percent how we run here and SEO let's talk about SEO from a search perspective. It's, it's velocity. So what velocity can we get content backlinks up and live? And so Google can start to even process it. If you're not approving content or you can't get to it. And we've had clients do this in the past articles and stuff we've written and, and things just sitting around for months because maybe there's, there's not an approval process or, a person in charge that can do it and so with seo specifically yeah. velocity is important we got to get things up in a timely manner and if it if you do like this much content each month it takes forever and you're not forever. going to see the results you want you're not going to see it
1: forever speaking of time this was great
0: yeah
1: this <laughs> this is uh such a refreshing uh episode because again Never do I get to talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly of like what we're seeing from from both ends. So really appreciate you having me on the podcast.
0: I appreciate it. And, and same here. Um, I'm usually talking to attorneys and, and hearing from their side of the story. So I, I, I appreciate you coming on to, to share with me and, and, again, two agency owners coming on here to, to talk about this stuff. And I'll leave you kind of with two things, too. Um, when I got into this business in 2006, I was a web designer. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to be a business owner. I became a business owner and I don't do web design anymore. (laughs) haven't for a long time. So, you know, you attorneys out there, yes, you want to be a lawyer. You want to, you love to do it. You want to be good at it, but you, you got to put your business out on. You got to start learning. You Mm got to start growing. Uh, You can still take those cases and do some work, right? You don't have to be out of it, but you can cherry pick. You can choose the ones you really want to work on, build up your team, empower those folks and continue that growth. Hope you have some lessons learned out of this episode.
1: Awesome. Thanks, Kevin. Joshua.
0: I appreciate it, everyone. You can check him out, growlawfirm.com. Reach out to either one of us, LinkedIn. I'm sure they can they can connect with you there on LinkedIn as well. Um, I'm pretty heavy on that. So looking for guests all the time on the podcast. If you're a managing partner or someone that can bring some good uh, good information, you could be uh, a marketer, you could be a coach, a consultant, whatever, whoever, bring it to me, reach out. We're always looking for great guests. Uh, to be on the show and, and share uh, with our audience. So reach out and we appreciate you. So, Sasha, anything else before we go?
1: Nope, oh, that's it. Awesome. Thanks, Kevin. All
0: right, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. We will see you soon on the next episode. Thank you for listening. We have been producing this podcast for years, have had hundreds of guests, and produced hundreds of episodes. We don't ask for much. But I do have one ask: if you find value in this podcast, please share it with one person just like you. The best way to do that is to send them to arraydigital.com where we have a full library of all the episodes that they can sort by practice area and or state. So again, we appreciate you listening and thanks for sharing.